Welcome to this very special show of the KAJ Masterclass. And today's super master is Daniel Alphon, live from Tel Aviv in Israel. Welcome to Hi, the Jay. show, Daniel. Welcome Thank to the very, show. Thank and you very much for having me in the KAJ Studio Podcast. Thank you. Daniel joined uh, LinkedIn in early 2004. And Daniel is the author of Build a LinkedIn Profile for Business Success. And now he publishes articles, interviews, exclusive content about advanced LinkedIn strategies for clients and subscribers on his website, danielalphon.com. So thank you very much, Daniel, for joining this show. Before we start, a bit of a programming note for our viewers. Uh, in case there is some technical fault and a link drops, then be assured we will come back very, very soon, immediately after and you wouldn't want to miss this special show. So, Daniel, uh, straight to the point. Everybody, a lot of professionals, individuals, businesses, small businesses, big businesses, business pages, everybody has got a LinkedIn profile. What, according to you, is a LinkedIn profile, you know? That's an excellent question, Ajay. I would say that LinkedIn, a LinkedIn profile is the best place for a career person, for a professional for an entrepreneur to showcase their expertise and get either clients and leads or the next place they they, uh, they will join as, as an employee. It's the best B2B marketplace in the world. It has, uh, it's, it's close to 1 billion users, uh, almost 180 million users in India alone. And since you uh, you uh, went live, a hundred people joined LinkedIn. Every second, two two people sign up. Okay, okay, okay. So, as for your understanding of LinkedIn, you have been on LinkedIn for a long, long time now, and you are the expert of this particular platform. What? makes a LinkedIn profile great. And, and if you can look at it from, from a point of a career of individuals, professionals, freelancers, anybody it is, you know, and also from business perspective, uh, mostly from startup point of view, uh, uh, small businesses, if you can uh, tell us how, what makes a LinkedIn profile great and anybody who can make their profiles better by listening to you. Okay. It's a, it's a broad question. I will, I will suggest a couple of things. If you're uh, an entrepreneur, yeah, sure. then the first question you should ask yourself is, who is your audience? And if we're looking for a new job, then we should ask ourselves, who is the hiring manager we'd like to report to? So say I, I could be um, uh, a writer or a journalist or a podcaster. And I could do that both in-house for a company or as having my, my own company and offering those services to other people. So let's focus on the other side. Someone who's likely to hire us, when they bump into your LinkedIn profile, the first thing they will see is your photo and your headline. So I'll okay. try to see if I can uh, maybe share my screen here rapidly. Sure, sure. And when people visit your pro your profile, what they see 
initially is this. So the banner, that's a great way to get see. people's attention. Okay. And they see the photo and they also see the headline. And okay. I think your headline stands out because it's a lot more interesting. This, the I know what to do with content is mm -hmm. an awesome headline because everyone is attracted to content. Most of our listeners will use content one way or another. And on LinkedIn specifically, that's the gasoline. That's the, the engine that we will use is content. Yeah, thank you. Um, I must thank you. Thank you for your expertise in this. I learned this from you. My Even though I'm <laughs> having, I have a journalism background, a content writer, uh, I may still struggle to put it out the way, best way possible that you, you, I learned from you. So uh, it's all because of you that I could come out with a headline <laughs> like that. And I, I guess it is working better and representing my abilities, my capacities better. Yeah, continue. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> what, I'll, what I'll do now is show you a funnel. Let me see. Can you can you see my screen now? Mm, I can't. Can you can you sh uh, share here? I, I if you share yeah. it the way you did earlier on, I'll bring it well, live. Of course. One second. Yeah. Okay. So Ajay, let let's imagine yes. that our audience, the person we'd like to attract to our LinkedIn profile, is going and and seeing his pro your profile, or our listeners' profile. Then it's our job to make them go to the bottom of the funnel. And this presents a number of stages or number of, uh, of obstacles. First, they have to find you on LinkedIn. So if you right. don't have a LinkedIn account, they will not be able to contact you. They will not be able to hire you. They will not be able to say, we need someone with your skill set. Right. And it's very easy to set up your profile and to improve it. And what people will see then is the banner and the headline and the photo. That should make it interesting for them to scroll down and see, okay, what is that person up to? What is his knowledge? What skill set does he have? How, do, how is it relevant for our company or for myself? Another question people will ask is, if, we see, if I see that I have a mutual connection with you, and then what I think of that person will influence the way I think about you. And you should also remember that connecting with people is a question you should take seriously because if I see that we share a mutual connection and I reach out to that person and I ask them about AJ and they say, mm -hmm. AJ who? Then we're not in a good position. What I would like them to, to say is that AJ is the best journalist you should speak to he has an amazing agency. He can help you uh, launch your broadcast. He, he can help you firm with crisis management. He can have his studio operate on your behalf. And if what we, what we hear is a recommendation, then we're likely to say, you know what, how do I, how do I get in touch with that person? So it's really a funnel. And the best advice I could give to our listeners is try to think our look at our profile as if we were our ideal client. Okay. And what questions would we would we ask, and what information can we 
show our audience that will make them understand why is it, why we could be a solution to their problem okay okay uh, you are a big proponent of a great headline now can you tell us how to uh, make that headline great because as far as i understand yes a lot of people when they talk about anything that they build in terms of their profile on linkedin they mm -hmm. think about the algorithms that algorithms should find them and you know and then it's what only algorithms do what they do but i i understand that you believe that headline is for humans now can you elaborate on that and how to make headline better you know a lot of people are listening to you seeing you uh, uh daniel and the point must go across that anything that is written there especially the headline part is the most important part and that they can make it better without thinking about non-humans or algorithms excellent uh you made a very valid point and a, and a point a lot of linkedin users forget so let me uh, reinforce that yeah. our profile should be built for humans because eventually the the person who wants to hire you will look at your profile and decide what the next step is there is some part to the algorithm but it's not the central one if there's a clash the human part is always more important because let's imagine that someone has stuffed keywords and his headline or her headline would say content 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 six times then maybe in the short term, when I run a search for content, that person will be high on my list. But Ajay, what will happen the second I see his profile? I, I, I look at it and I say, is this real? And I move elsewhere. I go to, to visit some other people's profile because I think this is not genuine. This is not authentic. This is not a human-to-human -human interaction. So our headline and our profile in general should speak to humans it's more important than the algorithms right. and going back to the question of, of uh, headline uh i'll drop uh, um when we uh, uh discuss my website there's a, a freebie there about improving your profile but let me go very quickly over uh the elements the three or four elements of a customer facing headline yeah in fact in um, fact daniel uh, as soon as yeah. you finish your point if you want you can also yep. take us through your website also and we can share it with the viewers here so that they know exactly where the a good amount of linkedin content is on Den uh, on your website yeah great thank you there are three or four elements that we need to think about when we think about our our headline number one your headline should demonstrate your value and not be a job title Okay. And that's why I think your headline rocks. Because you could have said, you know, owner at uh, IJ, whatever, but it's less interesting for the customer. So each time we have a problem, we need to ask ourselves, is this better? Should we say, I know what to do with content or I'm the owner of ABC? And your headline demonstrates your value. So that's the very first thing I would recommend our listeners to think about. 
The second thing we can uh, uh, mention about the headline or customer-facing headline is that an ideal headline, a profile headline, should make your target audience stop and check you out. Because if someone only sees your headline, the headline is the most expensive real estate in our profile. Because when we run a search, we only see the headline in many cases, and we don't see a lot of information. So we can think about the headline as the window that should get our audience interested. The headline cannot answer all the questions. Because if you if you said, you know, I'm a content producer and I can also uh, uh, make the social aspects of it, then th the headline would be too long. And that's the third aspect. An ideal headline should be short. If it's short, you're a journalist, it makes a lot it easier for, for, re for people to read. And if the headline is too long, some people will skip it or will move elsewhere. And lastly, the headline, the ideal headline should appeal to non-specialists. If you're using terms that are uh, that our readers are not familiar with, then they will simply go elsewhere. We need to make it as simple as possible for them to understand that we are the answer to their problem. I'll share my screen just for five more seconds. Hmm. And... This is the part about creating a LinkedIn profile headline that sells. I'll send it over and maybe you can add it to the YouTube comments. Uh, yes, the road. Sure. I'll do that. Yeah. So, yeah. So headline part is uh, any, any further points you want to make on the headline part? Uh, how do, how do professionals and freelancers, how do hmm. they, work out their headline because people who are established even in established companies they may still hold that edge about their companies they may just write it and you know recruiters or uh, other uh, people who may be interested in such people may know about it but what about people who are very good profiles but are not able to portray it in their headlines how do they do that especially professionals freelancers service providers who are very good in their work but on the matters of headline, they, they would still can do better. Okay, so uh, let, let's understand that the, the default headline <clears throat> is your current job uh, job title. And it shows the, the position uh, you're, uh, you have now and the name of the company. Now, in some cases, as you know, the name of the company is a door opener. Right. But in other cases, the name of the company is not familiar. It's not a household name. So we should ask ourselves, is the name of, of my company an enabler or not? Will that open the door or not? And some of your listeners will say, of course, I work for Teta and I want to use the name of the company. And others would say, you know, I'm, I'm a freelancer. I just started out the name of the company is not going to open the door. And when they understand that the name of their company is not going to open the door, then we go back to the basics. What will open the door? What do you, how can you help your ideal audience? And it, it's a lot easier if you focus and understand who your ideal reader is.
And initially, my advice would not be to try to sell to everyone everything, but try to niche down and say, my expertise in, is in this, in this world, in this realm. Because it's a lot more attractive for people to find you when you're an expert in technical writing or WordPress programming or visual storytelling or whatever it is. No one is looking for someone who, among other things, could also do that. Most people, most companies looking for someone with an expertise. And it's our job to really think about our headline as a slogan. What would make our reader tick? What would make them say, I need to, I, if, even if I have, you know, 300 results in, in a search, I've got to check this person out. I know what to do with content makes me think that if I move to someone else, I may have missed something. So all our listeners have to do is think in the step to the shoes of their ideal client who doesn't know them and figure out a short sentence that would make it interesting from their perspective and to use that as a headline. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a lot of good uh, information, Daniel. Now, in terms of profile, a lot of small businesses uh, and other people also, they start making their LinkedIn pages uh, apart from their profile. How yes. do small businesses make use of you know business page on a place like linkedin how do you make best use of that because big businesses they are still fine they have place you know they make their name is known but what about smaller businesses startups india is you know is bringing on so many startups every day so especially for them if you see with pleasure um, it's, it's, it may be counterintuitive, but the first thing to understand is that for startups, the company page is often not the most important aspect of LinkedIn. Okay. The reason being that their page, their company page, is likely to have very few followers. If the startup uh, out of Delhi has, you know, 50, uh, uh, 50 employees, they mm -hmm. basically, they will have 50 or 70 followers, but the co-founders may have 300 or 3000 right. connections. So their profile, their individual profiles, the staff, the managers, the R&D manager, everyone, the marketers, of course, they are the, the, their profiles is the tool they will use. And the page is really a static page. You need to create it. You can create it in 20 minutes and then forget about it and maybe post once a month there. Why? Because let's see, let's see the, the, the one of the key elements of LinkedIn. The most frequent action LinkedIn users perform is viewing other people's profiles. Right. Let, 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 let's try to, to understand the meaning of this. Okay. As an individual, you were referring to the importance of the humans here. The natural action on LinkedIn is to connect as individuals. I see Ajay's profile. I may send a re an invitation request to him. Very few LinkedIn users follow company pages. 
Okay, if you think our listeners here may only follow five companies, and in usual, okay. usually it would be the companies they have worked for. So by default, I would have those companies as followers. Right. The company is not the most important thing. Moreover, what's the difference between a, 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 the company page and the and the profiles? Even if someone follows your company page, you don't have access to a lot of information. You don't have their email address. Whereas if we connected, then you would have in my contact info, you would able to see my email and get outside of LinkedIn. And one of the most important things to remember is that LinkedIn is a tool. Okay. And the conversation happens in real life. So LinkedIn can help us shorten our sales cycle and get more exposure and get more opportunities, but eventually it will lead to a conversation. And if we don't have the contact info of our followers, then we can't do a lot with that. So the profiles is the way to go and have someone manage the, the page itself and only share something there once a month, it will be enough. But don't focus on, on, the, on the page before you have a thousand employees. Okay. So, uh, Daniel, uh, uh, let's now move away from the uh, headline part. Uh, a lot of people, you talk a lot about uh, video covers. And a lot of people do not know about covers much, especially video cover that can be, you know, utilized to the maximum. Can you give us uh, in as much detail about what a video cover is and how best to use, or you can say make use of that property on LinkedIn page? With pleasure. Uh, a video cover is a relatively new feature that LinkedIn launched a couple, launched a couple of months ago. And it enables everyone who visits your profile to see a short video, 20 to 30 seconds, that is muted. So that could be a great way for our listeners to be creative and to use that space because very few LinkedIn uh, members have used a cover video on their profiles. And, and okay. I think there's an important point here. You don't have to pay for a, for a premium LinkedIn account. Most of our listeners should not do it before they know the tool really, really well. But right. what they should do is see un look under the hood and see what little-known features of LinkedIn can enable them to stand out. And the, the, the cover video is just that. You could have a short video introducing yourself and saying something that will resonate with your ideal audience. And um, when you visit the person's profile, you will see the, the, the short video, 20 seconds. If I were a video producer, then I would produce a video, a, an amazing video for 20 seconds. And instead of saying, I know what to do with video, I would show you a video. Okay. So you can... You can um, use or leverage the cover video as a way to demonstrate rather than explain. Okay. Okay. And what is a good video cover? We need to go back to the person we'd like to attract. 
okay, if, I, uh, if I'm looking for, if I'm an, an agency manager and I'm looking for customers who want to, who want, who are looking for someone to manage their so, social media presence, then I will probably say something like, your job is to run the company and we can help you deal with the social media part of it. So you can get your next customers and we give you more leads or anything that would make it simple to understand what is it that you offer. If you're a technical writer or if, you, uh, if you're an editor, then you could uh, explain the importance of what you're doing. Because if you, we see you know, uh, uh, a headline with a spelling mistake, then that, that doesn't uh, appear uh, to be professional. So right. you should, the, the worst thing to do is to appear unprofessional in the world's leading professional community. You need to look professional. So use the cover as a way to make people, to, to make your profile stand out and really speak with your audience. If you're looking for ABC, this is exactly what I what I what I what I know, and what I can help you with. Okay, okay, uh, Daniel, you are a strong proponent of using humor for, for video video covers, as well as LinkedIn is is one of the top professional tools or medium, as you as you say. So, how do you manage that uh, humor as well as professionalism at the same time uh, for video covers. Okay, so um, I think your, your presence on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is, is best viewed as a professional, conservative, heavy, and slow platform, okay? And I think your, your uh, profile should look serious and professional. The cover video is just like... Um, you know, the, the spicy element you could add to, to your profile. And even if you do it in, uh, with humor, you still have a point to make. And the point is to show how you can help the other person. Now, if you're in real life, if you love to use humor, then the video cover is an excellent way for you to showcase that. But if you are shy and you don't like to do it, then LinkedIn is not the place to start becoming, trying to, to make a, a fun of yourself. Okay. Uh, Daniel, uh, you know, today there is a big uh, word that's uh, everybody's seem to be engulfed with is FOMO, fear of missing out. For yes. professionals on LinkedIn, uh, they have a fear, a lot many I talked to that I am the best, but recruiters have missed me out, you know, or that's the fear that, so they try to, you know, put so many words, keywords here and there, and even in providing services. So the providing services part, I'll come later on, mm -hmm. but how do you manage this fear of missing out or having somebody else missed your profile out by those recruiters? Several of them may not be, you know, so experienced, uh, they go by algorithms or whatever. So how do you manage your profile, your summary and LinkedIn profile as a whole that you have that confidence that I've not been left out by 
algorithms or by humans, whoever they are, or any sort of recruiter, whether newcomer, intern, or the you know, or the topmost man in the uh, in, in HR, or yeah. even even the uh, recruitment firms. That's that's a big uh, worry and fear for any professional they, uh, because they just want to be in that list of you know shortlisted candidates. Okay. So let me try and, and answer this great question with three uh, different uh, mini answers. Okay, one would be how to be found initially to, yeah. to maximize the chances of uh, the recruiter to actually find you. Yeah. And I'm going to, to uh, uh, offer a very simple method. If I'm um, a full stack uh, uh, programmer and I want to be found, then what I would do is this. I would go to LinkedIn Jobs or to Glassdoor and find detailed job descriptions of the positions you're after. So you will, you will see three different companies looking for a full-stack developer. And if, you're, if your specialty is different, then just find those job descriptions. Then the next step is to use either a spreadsheet or a notebook and to extract or write down 20 to 25 terms out of that detailed job descriptions. So if I'm a programmer, it would say uh, backend, it would say Java, it would say software, it would say all sorts of terms, and I, I would write them down. And my advice would be to find at least three different, different detailed job descriptions. And if you try to write down 20 to 25 terms, Edge, you will end up with a list of 60 to 80 keywords. Now and only now we go to your LinkedIn profile and we search for those terms. And our listeners will probably see that many of those, of those terms are present somewhere in their profile, but not all those terms are there. So what we could do is shorten the list and out of the 60 or 80 terms, we now have only 20 terms that are nowhere present in our profile. Let's say that uh, the term uh, uh, Slack or the term cloud is a term we found and it's nowhere, in our, nowhere to be found in, in our profile. Now comes the most interesting part. Where do you feel it would make the most sense to use the term cloud or the term Slack? And the, the important thing to remember is that LinkedIn searches, searches through all of your profile from your great headline to the intro, to the experience section, and even the skills. Okay. So if you don't, if you don't consider yourself an expert, then the skills, is, as long as you know to spell, how to spell the term, you can add it as a skill. But if you've mm -hmm. worked in a cloud environment, then all you have to do is tweak the description of your one of the positions to include the term cloud. And that's where the human and algorithm uh, um, axes join. You have to understand the algorithm, but you have to write for humans. So the sentence that has the term cloud needs to make sense to the reader. Right. So Take, find three jobs, the, your ideal jobs, extract 20 to 25 terms, look for those 60 to 70 to 80 terms in your profile. And, and then when you see that 
there are a number of terms that are nowhere on your profile. Pick one and say, where does that fit with my knowledge? And do it. That will help recruiters find you because most recruiters enter a series of terms. They will not just look for you know, a uh, full stack developer daily. They will, they will add five or six or eight additional terms. So that's the, the attraction part. The second aspect I, I think is important has to do with networking. Right, right. Networking is far more important than LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn is the tool that enables us to communicate but networking is really the essence. And okay. if we think about the ways we could network on LinkedIn with recruiters, whenever we get uh, an invitation from a recruiter, an, a connection request from a, from a recruiter, many LinkedIn users will not accept that invitation and will not do anything with it. Mm-hmm. There are a number of things you could do. If you accept that invitation, then please follow up and write and say, hi, I see that you've asked me to connect and that you're looking at your recruiter at ABC. Can I be of help? This is what I'm doing. And out of that simple communication, mm-hmm. in some cases, you will get a lead. They will say, you know what? Yes, we're looking for someone with that skill set. Is that relevant for you? Just because you 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 followed up, most uh, employees, simple, most LinkedIn users don't even follow follow up. So you will stand out by by making this very simple uh, um, uh, uh, email. Absolutely. You could what you could also do, if you have a, a connection request, you can also reply to that person without accepting his invitation. And I'll share a short video with you later so that if you get an invitation and you don't know that person and you don't want to connect, you can still write and say, you know what? Thank you very much for reaching out. What When I move to my next thing, what I would look for is this sort of position. Can I be of help? Thank you mm-hmm. very much. That's it. And if that the recruiter says, you know what? Yes, we're looking for someone with your knowledge, then do it. And lastly, the, the a simple method to get more recruiters interested in, in, in you is to make sure you're visible on LinkedIn. In the settings and privacy, you need, you need to be able to show people you visited their profile and simply visit as many recruiters as you can publicly. And most of those people will check who viewed their profile and you will be one of the results. And then they will visit your own profile. Some of them will send you an invitation request. Some of them may reach out to you. So the strategy involves making it easier for people to find us by incorporating the right keywords of what we'd like to do in our profile network in a strategic way by replying or following up and visiting interesting profiles publicly and and then following up with those who visited us. Does that answer the question or was it too much? No, no, no. Nothing is too much because, uh, you know, uh, it's a a big uh, path that needs... uh, Each one has to traverse as per their requirements. 
In fact, a very quick question that comes to my mind is, I see a lot of recruiters also looking for jobs uh, on LinkedIn and trying to, you know, come in, uh, what you call, in the eye of other recruiters at companies and human resources. What is your advice to such people? You know, recruiters are looking for recruitment. What happened in, in, in the tech world in India and Israel that is that the market is so hot that talent acquisition specialists and technical recruiters mm -hmm. uh, are scarce. Right. So they're, they're very much in, uh, in demand. Um, what, I, what I could suggest are maybe two, uh, two quick things. One would be, uh, I would like to refer to the Open to open for Work uh, badge that, that you can as, right. uh, add on LinkedIn. Initially, most people think that they need to use or, or upload that badge when they're looking for work. Right. My advice would actually be to stop and think it through be before they do it. And let me explain just why. If I'm looking for a content specialist, say I have... AJ1 and AJ2. Am I asking myself who's the, the best content producer that has a lot of time on his hands and is looking for a job? Or do I just look for the best content producer out there? And I would go with a second. So even though you can use LinkedIn strategically to find jobs, you should not shout and say, I'm looking for work, because if you're a talent, you're not supposed to do it. So the best way for recruiters to be uh, attractive is not to say, I'm looking for work. Who knows how much time they will have to, to use that badge? What happens if I see that badge, you know, for months on and on, then I may think that they're maybe not the best recruiters out there. It's like, you know, visiting uh, um, the neighborhood and seeing uh, uh, a house that's for rent. You see the sign and you visit it in three months and you see the sign is still up there. So you say, maybe it's not such a great deal. So, so Daniel, is, is it the same for companies also who have put, we are hiring. A lot of people put that badge, we are hiring. And a company is also uh, put up, we are hiring. So what, what does it mean? Means even CEOs at top level, they put, we are hiring. So does that apply that if that we are hiring badges there for a lot of time, then that company is not that uh, that great as it wants to make out to be. How, how do you look? I, I want you to answer both, uh, both the questions. I'm sorry for interrupting, but I thought maybe I'll forget this part. So just need your perspective from both ends for both the things. Open okay. to work and we are hiring. Fine. So the, I'm hiring. Uh, in some cases, the company is constantly hiring. Okay, when the, when the startup is in a hyper growth stage, then they truly are uh, always uh, hiring. But uh, if we if we think about the talents perspective, the person they want to hire, then what a lot of companies could do to enhance their uh, um, candidate pool is not to outsource hiring just to the recruiter, but to try and involve the hiring manager as much as possible in the process. Right. So if you're the hiring manager, instead of just asking someone to post the job, you could go to your LinkedIn feed and say, I'm looking 
for an expert on Photoshop, or I'm looking for a, a, a PR specialist. And what would happen is that some of the people who will reach out to you are either people you know and trust, and when they say that they would like to hear more, you know exactly what you'll get if you work with them, or in some cases they can recommend someone to you. But what happens when I see that you're looking for, for a, a specialist and I think of someone with that skill set, so I, I immediately ask myself, is this a good match or not? And if I'm not sure, I would not reach out to you and, and try to recommend someone else. So trying to leverage your network is the best way to get names of people who will fit with your company who will fit with the KG studio because they know you and they know what it's like to be with you. And a lot of companies focus on the recruiter and the recruiter have, has a lot of, the recruiters have a lot of work to do, but they cannot do it successfully without the hiring managers. Okay. So uh, Daniel, from the employee perspective or from freelancers or independent people, professionals who are looking for job or work from the company's perspective, they also always want to hire the best. Uh, what is your say suggestion or tips for them that they hire the best people who are looking for work out there? Because several times in case I also have faced this problem, I mm -hmm. get, you know, random calls for you know, positions like maybe two, three years uh, experience that is needed. Now, somebody in that system is doing something not right. Uh, either they are, uh, their uh, keyword search or whatever they use is not correct. Means, why is it not able to distinguish between a professional having 20, 25 years of experience and somebody who has just got uh, your requirements? So somewhere you are not doing something right. Second thing is that are the companies doing right by getting people who have not been trained for the, uh, such, such a thing? I guess the same must be happening in some format, even in your country. Mm -hmm. How do, do companies tackle? We, I understand the constraints of companies, uh, but there has to be, but, but it, it is also uh, imperative to make it right because their future workforce is determined by this action that they take to find the right people for their positions what is your tip or advice and what may best to make their algorithms uh, the best way to work for them overall the way you see it okay it may surprise you but what, I, what i'll say is basically against automation it's okay let me, the whole idea is the whole idea is to get the, get humans, the right humans for their job, isn't it? Isn't it? Okay, so, so let's do this. There are many systems out there that enable recruiters and companies to run a search and when a certain keywords come up, to send a generic message to 2,000 people with those terms. And they think that they're doing a, a great job because they reach out to 2,000 people that have that that keyword. But the question they should ask themselves is what is the quality of 
people who applied through that system. And in many cases, there's a disconnect because 500 people had that term, but it's not what they're looking for. And a third used it in a completely different way. And 200 people have 25 years experience when I'm looking for someone junior or the other way around because no human was involved in the automate in the assessment uh, stage then the fact it's easy to do is a curse is a it's a curse for the company because they mm. keep sending all sorts of invitations but don't really get uh, quality candidates and it's also a curse for the candidate why is that because you know 20 years ago when the candidate wanted to apply, they needed to, it took them, you know, maybe 30 seconds or a minute to actually apply. And before that, it would take, you know, maybe minutes. Right now, an easy apply on LinkedIn could take as few as 15 seconds. Now, how much how much time, Jay, would you need to read the actual job, job description? In many cases, a lot more than 15 seconds. Absolutely. So, most people just pray. This they see that they, they they apply, and they create a lot of noise, and the signal to ratio noise is is not good. And if we go back to what can be done, then I would sit with my staff before going out outside to LinkedIn. I and then I would say we're looking now to for for this uh, team. We're now looking for a specialist who knows to do A, B, and C. And I would try to get names out of my existing employees. Because if an employee recommends someone to us, then the chances of that person to be able to work with us, and they would not vouch for the employee if, in most cases, if the employee didn't have the right skills or was not able to fit in with our company culture. And this is a stage that many companies are are forgetting or overlooking you don't have to work hard you don't have to go where no no uh, no person has ever been you can start in your own backyard who would be able to recommend better candidates than people who work for you so how do you make the best use for say what is the human resource department of a company or the recruiters within a company itself but a lot of people hire placement agencies or yes. recruiters from outside or you can say there are big firms who are doing the same thing you mean to say that even big firms are using algorithms or keywords in a different way or not the right way that there is a huge room for improvement means is it that the whole industry as such are, are following automation in such a manner that almost a lot of good candidates are getting neglected by the system. Or is there some way for the automation to be used? See, LinkedIn is, is a great tool. How best to make use of that tool? And algorithms can be your friend if you use them right. But I guess, is there a lot of training required to understand, to use the algorithms right, to find the right people for your work that you are looking? Because... There are companies, small companies, big companies. There are recruiters, individual, you know, individual uh, freelancers who are looking for you, uh, candidates for you. Then there are placement 
agencies, huge amount of company using perhaps the same process. What best can be done? And today, a lot of people are hiring through LinkedIn because it is the top uh, professional platforms available as of today. How to make best use, uh, best use of this platform? And from everybody's perspective, these tips will be helpful. From the company's perspective, nobody wants to make a mistake by, you know, by intent. But somehow automation is leading to that in a different way, even though even LinkedIn must be trying hard to address this problem, but people are not learning the whole the tool itself in the right manner. Um, let, let's let's ask a, a broader question of, of ways as candidates and as companies that we can find the 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 product we're, we're looking for. And there's a whole world outside of LinkedIn. Okay, now now what's the case for LinkedIn for freelancers or consultants or solopreneurs? Is that it's it's a great place for you to show your expertise, and of course there are a lot of marketplaces out there, but marketplaces often start with you know Fiverr. You can start with five dollars, and right. if your expertise is is expensive, then most buy most buyers on Fiverr are very tight-fisted because they, they see that they can hire someone for $10, $15, $20. And on LinkedIn, you don't have the uh, marketplace aspect of, hey, there's someone cheaper here, there's someone uh, cheaper there. So it, right. it's more, mo most companies would, would, we, would be willing to pay more for a candidate they found through LinkedIn than through uh, an Upwork or Fiverr or any other uh, remote uh, platform because right. the remote platform is based on price. And LinkedIn is not based on price. It's first you, sh you show what you, what you can do and only then the price comes into, uh, into play. And if I, if I think of ways the companies could uh, tap into other, um, other candidate pools, then depending on the, the sort of talents they want to join, in some cases, meetup groups could be a great way for them to find someone in a specific niche. In other right. ways, in other ways, they could they could use Glassdoor to find ex uh, employees of a certain company, yeah. or they can they could go to AngelList and and, and find. Uh, investors and companies they've they've uh, invested in, or, or as a candidate, it's best for you to uh, think of your LinkedIn presence as a way to uh, showcase your portfolio. Okay, so it has to be self-sufficient. If I'm looking at your profile, you don't want me to hear. You know what? My profile says A, B, and C, but AJ would like you to know D and E and F. Try to make it up to date and try to make your profile self-sufficient. If I see your profile for five seconds, I want to know more about you. And if I scroll, at the end of the day, I need to say, this is the person I, I would like to contact because what they do is relevant for us. Right. Uh, in terms of uh, using the providing services part, how to make the best use of that uh, section on LinkedIn, Daniel? 
Cool. So, so LinkedIn uh, had a, a soft launch in the US a, over a year ago, and now it's rolling out gradually uh, worldwide. So you could say that you're providing services. It's a, it's a simple process, and that will highlight on your profile that you're providing certain services. The list is not exhaustive. There are a number of, of um, options there that you, you, can, you can be an editor, you can be a list of, a list of things. It, it's not enough in itself. Because even on LinkedIn, you know, when we run a search, we'll find hundreds of people with uh, who offer those services. Right. So maybe as, as that marketplace grows, maybe LinkedIn will make it even more uh, compelling and even better from the search perspective so that I can find people uh, with who offer those services. Right now, it's still in the beginning. And if I were... Offering my services, I would still make sure that my LinkedIn profile makes a good first impression that's good because it's not enough to allure this, the person and to attract them to their, your profile. They, they see a lot of noise there. And our job is to make them understand that you're the answer to their pain. You're the answer to their solution. So just displaying uh, I offer services is not enough. Okay, okay. Uh, one more area that, uh, you know, some clarification is needed is the creator's, pro, uh, you know, creator, creator's profile that LinkedIn, yep. that service uh, that uh, LinkedIn gives. Now, yes. every second person, if I if I correct, is a creator mm -hmm. nowadays. They are creating something or the other. And there is, uh, and a lot of them are content creators, whatever sort of content that they make. Now... Who is that particular, you know, option on LinkedIn for who and, and who can make the best use of it? And even for people who are creators, for many, it is not for them. How do you make use of the best use of that particular option on LinkedIn? Okay, it's a, an excellent question. And very quickly, there's uh, if, if you're a creator, uh, then that makes the default setting a follow and not a connect. So if you want to go that route, it's, it's, it's important for you to ask yourself, will I have content to share? If you have content to share, then making the follow button, the default one, makes a lot of sense because you're no longer restricted by LinkedIn's uh, uh, connection uh, limit and okay. you can become a powerhouse. Of course, the, the earlier you start, the better it is. And it will take time until you grow your tribe and make it interesting. But it, it you know, content is king. Right. If you have content that that is well produced and you can uh, use the LinkedIn platform to highlight that content, then the um, uh, the creator mode could be could be interesting. There are pro and cons, but I think that's for a quick answer. That's enough. Okay, and. One more question. Now, I guess I don't want to uh, uh, use any uh, different words here, but LinkedIn, a different sort of content is floating on LinkedIn itself. And people traditionally accustomed to the old way of LinkedIn may have their own views. Now, from a professional point of view, people who are wanting to engage with your network down there or engage with people you know, B2B or even for, for with recruiters 
what should be their uh, you know uh, what should be their your guidance for them to the type of content that they share uh, on linkedin exactly this is a question from germany from pukraj choudhury and he's exactly in his words let me read it out is that mm -hmm. why what is your opinion on linkedin increasingly become somewhat like fb that's pukraj's words from germany what content do you recommend should people reserve exclusively from for linkedin that's a question uh, exactly uh, daniel okay so content in the long term content is what attracts most people to you on linkedin okay so if you if you want to look at it strategically you would have some content uh, creation plan and the first question is the first question was who's my ideal client who's my ideal reader and then the second question should be what sort of content are will they look for that I can produce and that will educate them about what they're looking for. Let, let me give a quick example. Instead of just saying, you know, I'm great, this is what I do. If we interview a couple of our ideal prospects or even our existing clients, we need to be able to understand the problems they're facing. Let's say around the world of content, you produce all sorts of content and they now they have questions about whether producing a podcast is the right business move from, for them or not. Then instead of just saying, we can produce the, the podcast for you, you can create content about why a podcast, what consideration you should make before launching that podcast, what frequency is best for you to, to do, what sort of guest, what sort of content will you make there and are you willing to wait for the podcast to, to gain traction? And if you manage to answer the questions your prospects are asking, them, asking themselves in a non-salesy way, you basically educate them. And when they decide they need a podcast, AJ, you'll be the go-to person. So instead of trying to make a hard sale, really understand the problems they're facing, the questions that make them wake up at night. And in many cases, you can produce content around the pain or around the dilemma. We, we, we don't know whether we should produce more videos or, ha or have a podcast. Then you can explain the pro and cons of both. And when you become a trusted advisor, then you're likelier to be the, the agency or the firm that the companies want, uh, would, uh, would apply for because you help them without just saying, buy from me. I have the video production. I have the best podcast services out there. I have a quick thing I wanted to, to, um, to mention about crisis management. Right, right. Because I, I see that your, your, uh, off, your uh, company also um, offers crisis management. So I'd like to right. share my screen for a second <clears throat> and mention a very obscure thing on in, the, in LinkedIn privacy. And the settings looks like this. Notify connections when you're in the news, yes or no. So this is going, something I'm going to, to share with you later. What is the meaning of this and what should we do about it if we're uh, uh, about to be in the news? Right. The, the, the best part about it, of course, is you know that you, you'll have a TED, a TED Talk, 
you're going to be rewarded and you, there'll be a lot of news about it, then definitely check, take that and enable your connections to see it. But let's imagine a world where something might happen that will hurt your reputation. Right. Okay, your, your clients in some cases will find themselves accused. And if you have that setting enabled, it means that the thousands of connections that you have will get an instant message from LinkedIn saying that person and showing the New Delhi business uh, where, where you've been accused or your client has been accused. So you need, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. You need to really think carefully about this because you know it better than me. Prevention is a lot better than cure. If you if 2,000 people see this, maybe you know only a hundred will actually click and read and, and understand that it's not the same person, but it, it has the same name as you. And if I could right. encourage our listeners to do something if if they uh, if their reputation is important for their company, then now is the time to reach out to you and build a contingency plan. What if? What if right. our firm now polluted the Indian Ocean? What if uh, our CEO uh, uh, were to be accused of sexual harassment? And it's a lot easier to think about what needs to be done than, than, than uh, uh, trying to, uh, to put out the fire once it starts. So it's a very little uh, thing in the privacy, but working with an agency about crisis management is best done before the crisis emerges. Absolutely. Absolutely, Daniel. And before I move to, you know, my uh, other set of questions, first, let me ask you about your book, Daniel. You have written a book, Build a LinkedIn Profile for Business Success. If you can share about what, you know, a lot of people will be interested in knowing more and more. And however long we discuss out here, that will not be enough. Everybody gain, uh, tries to consume things in their own, you know, space and time. So tell us about the book as, uh, uh, that you have written and who can make best use of that book. Thank you very and also, much. And, and after, the, after that, also your website, because your website, you know, is a big place for a lot of information. I myself read as much as possible uh, but i feel there is so much to learn from that you know and and there is, that's why i want each and every person that who is listening to it or you know re, uh, seeing this broadcast and later on whenever they will uh, get a time when see it they make the best use of what you are offering and have to offer thank you very much um the book was really a, an opportunity for, for me. The book initially came out uh, in 2014, so I've been on LinkedIn for a decade. And I wanted to write a book that will encapsulate or, or capture everything about the profile because, uh, uh, as you know, the profile is where we need to start. And a lot of people uh, rush to add connections and send connection requests and accept people without their profile being effective. Now, what does that mean? It, it, it's as if I was running a Google search on your full name 
And when I go to the first result, I see a page that is under construction. So before rushing to invite connections and to send requests, my, uh, the first thing you need to, to do is to build a powerful profile. That, that, was, uh, that was the intent of my book. So it's divided into 12 uh, chapters, everything that, that, that I can think of. And my website has uh, a section called articles that are free to, uh, to, to read. Um, where I try to, to um, dive into one aspect of LinkedIn, sometimes connection strategies, sometimes content, sometimes uh, profile elements, some, sometimes some other counterintuitive uh, truths. And um, I send an email once a month on the 15th. Uh, the last one was about uh, cover videos, and, and that's probably the best way to, to keep in touch with... Um, with what happens on, on, on LinkedIn. And thank you very much for that opportunity. Yeah, your website is danielalcom.com. So anybody who can visit directly, that's a repertoire of, you know, repository of information, I, I must say. So that can be used. And in fact, anybody who wants to use your exclusive services also, they can connect with you, you know, for one-to-one -one discussions. Am I right, uh, Daniel? Absolutely. There's a one hour uh, personal in, in the store. There's uh, an opportunity to have a one one where you would explain exactly what you're uh, looking for. And I would advise you what what the next steps could be. Thank and, you. And where, where, where can your book be found? Means how do if, if anybody is interested to buy or, you know, read uh, about Amazon? It? Amazon is, is the place to uh, to go. Um, uh, it's called uh, Build a LinkedIn Profile for for Business Success. And, and the funny thing about it was that my author page on, on Amazon has two books. Like this is the, the one you discussed is my book, but I also mm -hmm. uh, was fortunate enough to contribute a chapter to the growth uh, hacking book number two. Okay. And that's, that's a book where a hundred experts provided one uh, actionable uh, uh, tip. And that, that's recent. That was um, released uh, last year. So okay. Amazon would be, would be the place to go. Okay. Okay. So uh, that, that's good. Because people will uh, like to visit your pages, your, even your LinkedIn profile, and, and learn out of, it, uh, out of it. And obviously, your book is out there. So whoever wants to learn as much more. Because... It is a huge ocean down there. And when you are looking for more business or leads and gen business generation, leads generation, uh, you want as much, you know, nice information and nice advice that's possible uh, out there. And you are a LinkedIn expert uh, and that's going to be very helpful. Now, coming back to my question, Dan Daniel, yep. during this COVID, there have been, you know, the big word that has come in is uh, the great resignation. Now, some people call it a sham. Some people call it a permanent thing that's going to be. But the fact is that a huge number of people have either quit their jobs. They, you know, trying to become digital nomads. Yes. But a lot of those people are also realizing that it's a tough path to take the economy in the world. Economies in the world are moving in their own direction. So a lot of people will be trying to get back into the scheme of things, mainstream 
uh, job search. Now, for people, especially the youngsters who are, you know, a lot of them are creators, but creator obviously does not mean that you can earn your livelihood forever in, in that sphere. It, it needs more than that. Mm -hmm. How do you or what do you suggest for people who have taken a break, who are young and or who, who, who are, you know, more, more above 40, 30, whatever it is, when we're trying to get back into the workforce uh, and try to find their foothold back into the industry? Because I'll tell you what, Indian market, especially uh, the job market is very different. Uh, I don't know how it is in Israel, but it's a bit conservative and it's almost like unforgiving sometimes when you have mm. had certain, uh, you know, a couple of years of job break. It's not like in Australia. I was talking to a friend who's based in Australia. So he was telling that it's very cool to down go and tell the hiring person, mate, I, had, I was on the beach having beer and, and they would be comfortable about it. You know, but in India, it's a bit different. It's not like that. A break is a break. And and somehow, somehow we start to, you know, look at a break in a different manner or even a failure. It's like a startup has not worked. You have taken a break and you go asking for a job. You are looked at differently. How do people utilize LinkedIn to showcase their best abilities in spite of this break? Uh, to to the to the world who are uh, who are their prospective uh, customers or, or or recruiters. Okay, um, it's a, it's a complex question. I'll try to touch maybe on one or two points. First, yes, chronologically, yes. maybe we should look at the beginning when when you're you know in the twenties and you're uh, you're. Uh, thinking of of uh, running your own show and and, and being uh, a service provider, I think the most important advice I could give those people is that their expertise is not enough. It's the marketing that will make or break their career. If because if you were the greatest content producer out there, but nobody knew it. Right. then too bad it, it wouldn't work and a lot of youngsters think that because they're they are experts which they are it's enough it's not enough it's not enough because if you if you don't know how to market yourself successfully then no one will hear about the product your your services and the world is full of companies dominating their field without their product being even average but the marketing machine worked perfectly. And going back to the career aspect of it, the single most important factor I see is your ability to network strategically throughout your career, whether you're 19 years old or whether you're approaching retirement. Your needs will differ, but if you don't have a close number of people you can reach out to and if you're not helping your network and you only reach out to them when you need them you're in trouble and thinking back about people who have um, worked were offered services and want to get back to the corporate world or, or back to the companies even if when you go and and start your own thing try not to build bridges with the people 
you worked with. You can say, I'm no longer interested in, in working for that company, but you've worked there with dozens of people. Right. And just pick pick the ones that you enjoy the conversation most with and try to stay in touch with them because as an insurance policy, at one time or another, you may decide you need to get back to work. And build, uh, you know, uh, burning those bridges is, uh, is shooting yourself in the foot. Even if you're successful, you will may, you still may need those people to help you refer someone. If you're looking for an expert on ABC, if you're looking for anything else. So when you meet people, don't be transactional. Don't think about, no, right. I don't want to work with him today, so I will, I will forget about him. Because two years down the road, when you see that you look up uh, uh, someone on LinkedIn, you look him up and you see the name of that person as a mutual connection, if he goes and says, ah, Daniel, yeah, of course I remember you. When you were living, we, uh, I suggested that we uh, get a chat and maybe a virtual coffee. And you said, yes, yeah, I'll do that. And I'll get back to you. And you didn't get back to me. And then six months later, I also offered you something else. And you said, no, 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 fine. And now when my company is hiring or when I know someone now it's is the time you remember me, no one likes that. Right. No one likes that. And keeping in touch with people you've met is a lot easier than breaking new ground and trying to get introduced into people who don't know you. Before going to, to the world, start with your own tribe, even if it's 20 people, 50 people, and, and, and try to keep in touch with those people because it will help your career in the long term. It's at least as important in what it, as what you, your expertise is. You need to be an expert, but it's simply, it's simply not enough. So you've got to still be human and be con really connected and not yes, transactional. Sir. Yes. Uh, Daniel, though, there is, is, is it a trap when people try and try to get as many followers or connections on LinkedIn? Uh, is it, it is something to, uh, good to showcase that I've got so many connections whom you actually don't know? Does it work anywhere or is it, is it okay to have 200 or 300, you know, real connections? How does that work in the LinkedIn uh, environment ecosystem? I wish more people would ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> so you could leverage LinkedIn perfectly, having 200 connections you know well. And the truth is you may have 5,000 connections and LinkedIn will give you crickets. No deals, no contracts, no clients, nothing. So I think right. the, the best way to look at it is ask yourself whether you, Ajay, would like to be best connected or most connected. Best connected means you know 200 or maybe more people and you connect with them. The greatest advantage of that is that whenever you look someone up and you see a mutual connection, you can ask that person to make an introduction. And in introduction can mean real business, real revenues, real contracts, real jobs. And the downside is that you don't have a lot of uh, connections. Let's look at the other, uh, the other aspect. If you have 
thousands of connections. The limit today is three, 30K, 30,000 connections. Right. Then when you share something on LinkedIn, many people will see it. So you get a great exposure. The problem is that in most cases, when you look someone up, you know nothing about those people. And if, and if your prospect or hiring manager would ask them, they would say, you know what, maybe he sent me an invitation. I have no idea who that person is. Right. So you have to decide or pick one side, either exposure or trust. You know what? Most people don't want to choose. So they aim for both. They start with 200 connections and then they keep hearing, no, you have to have 500 plus connections, whatever. And at one point they wake up and say, okay, I have 2000 connections. It's not a lot of exposure and I polluted my network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, so you if you want to go, yes. If you want to go quantity, go the whole way to 30K. If you don't, if you're not willing to do that, then stay with people you know well. You can gain, gain a lot of things through it. Try not to aim for both because you will end up having neither. Daniel, I would like to continue asking questions, but that are my questions, I don't think, because this every every individual who is watching this, listening to this, or in later on, listen, has to take that journey of his own, you know, on, on his own on LinkedIn. You know, each person's requirements, journey, and learning has to be his own, his or her. And yes. then only they can take that part towards success. So I, I will never be able to ask all the questions that each person will have. And I've tried to, you know, bring, uh, ask some questions that, you know, as an individual, I have in mind and also talk to several friends. But for more, obviously, they will have to come to experts like you who have put so much in the public domain itself and also in your book. So I leave it to them with this, all this information for them, especially for, for my India friends, that there is so much out in the public domain. You don't have to search for it. Just go to one particular place. You can find a lot of information that can be you know, useful for you. And one small line, even for a headline, can change your uh, professional journey uh, forever. Uh, that's With that thought, uh, I would say thank you very much for your time. It's been more than an hour, more around an hour and 18 minutes. I never thought that I would be able to talk uh, for so long, but uh, but it's a very, very lear deep learning for me, especially if I look at it from that point of view. Uh, thank you very much from, uh, from me, as well as from my friends, from people from India, people, professionals, small businesses. And I'm sure as time goes, we'll have more questions on LinkedIn and you would be the first, our go-to man to come back again too. With those thoughts, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Master, talking to a super master of LinkedIn, Daniel Aplon. Thank you very much. AJ, thank you very much. And, and we Israelis love Indians and India so much. We, we'd like to see more Indians visiting uh, Israel. And that will be my last famous uh, words. Thank you very much. Yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thank you very much. Thank you. I missed it.